Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, welcome. It's Doug Gottlieb here, and you are listening to All Ball, all basketball all the time. Got a great conversation with Bo Ryan, Hall of Fame coach, Wisconsin Badgers, UW-Platteville, UW-Milwaukee, his entire path that took him to Wisconsin, and Thoughts of that championship game against the Duke Blue Devils. Would he do anything differently against Tyus Jones defensively? Wait till you hear. Uh, wait, wait till you hear our discussion. Uh, quick uh, uh, little note for you. Daily Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Available on Fox Sports Radio. The iHeartRadio app. FoxSportsRadio.com if you're streaming. We you can download that like a podcast just like you've downloaded this one. We talk all sports, not just hoops there. But do talk some hoops. Baseball. Ton of football. Getting ready for the NFL draft. That's 3 to 6 Eastern. 12 to 3 Pacific. On your iHeartRadio app or FoxSportsRadio.com or download the podcast. All right, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Bo Ryan. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's start in Chester, Pennsylvania, okay? Um, I've only heard stories about your dad, Butch. I, I, I don't, but there's stories from other people, and occasionally you've sprinkled them in in, in other interviews, um, what's your, what's your first memory? Your dad coached kids like growing up. So what's your first memory of, of basketball? First memory of basketball. Um, well, I, I know your dad, uh, had you 
surrounded uh, by a lot of things basketball-wise growing up. So my dad would take me to this hole-in-the-wall gym. Uh, it had a roof. It had a heater up in the corner. I can remember this because I was like 40 years old. Um, and there was no place to stand while my dad and all these other guys were playing. Uh, so I would go up by the heater and sit on a plank and watch these guys play. And then as soon as the game was over, I quick hop down, grab a basketball and start shooting. That's my first memories of, uh, being in a so-called gym. Uh, it was a poor excuse for a gym, but, uh, that that's uh, that's my first exposure. What was it called? Well, it was in Upland, uh, Pennsylvania, which is a borough right outside of Chester. Um, and I can't tell you what it was called because I don't think it had a name. <laughs> uh, they just said, "Let's go to the gym," and it was right next to uh, a Baptist church that we were members of. Um, so. I can I can see it to this day, exactly what it looked like. Um, but that's my first time being in a gym that I can remember and uh, and shooting a basketball that way. Now, otherwise, we had uh, like cartons uh, nailed to telephone poles in the alley uh, where we would throw not regular basketballs, but we would throw any round ball we could. But that was. Uh, that wasn't a gym. That was outside. Sure. Um, so that's okay, what I so remember. You, okay. You, you, you played quarterback, and you were a point guard, a very good point guard yeah. in high school. Were you, were you better at quarterback? Uh, no, I was not a very good quarterback. Um, I, uh, I didn't throw interceptions. Uh, believe it or not, I didn't turn the ball over. Uh, kind of like that's how we you tried to so. coach. Um, yes. I was trying to inject a little humor there, Doug, but I don't. I, think I got it. I, I got it. I, I believe. Yeah. It. I believe. It. But look, football. But football looked different. Like, look, football looked different even when I was in high school. Uh, I can only imagine yeah. there was a lot of three yards in a cloud of dust. I just didn't know That's if you exactly like, right. Yep. I, I like. I love. I, I, I love playing. I would football hand it off, and we had a button hook. Um, my top receiver was a guy named Donald Wesley. His son ended up playing at Baylor and in the NBA. Wow, uh, David Wesley. Mm-hmm. So that was my that was my tight end. Uh, my center was Teddy Cottrell, who uh, was a defensive coordinator for four or five different NFL teams, and we won one game in three years in, in football because everybody just got ready for basketball. Right. That's the way Chester was. Football was not um, a sport that got any attention because everybody just waited till basketball season. Why did you go to Wilkes University or Wilkes College? Uh, I went there uh, because Ron Rainey, my high school coach, uh, took the job. Um, And what happened was I had been talking to Temple and Rutgers and a few other places and uh, it, it sure made it easy when the person you were playing for for three years is going to take you for another four. Um, but there were no scholarships that way. 
what I did was filled out the application and um, having been captain of three sports and president of my class, I ended up getting a leadership grant, uh, which paid for uh, most of it. But I had to do 15 hours a week of uh, work study. So I had some different jobs. I had some interesting jobs. Uh, one year I worked in the post office. One year I worked uh, in the dish room. Uh, one year I worked uh, doing the lawn, uh, picking up sheets and pillowcases, and then distributing the clean ones. Uh, and then the final year I, had, uh, I was in charge of intramurals. It's so it amazing, worked out pretty right? well. It's it's amazing. It, it 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 leads me to what I want to get to when you first started coaching high school and then started coaching uh, in college. So how how good were you at Wilkes? Well, I got to play as a freshman. That was the other advantage back then. Um, the other guys that went to say Temple, for example, you couldn't play as a freshman. So I, I being a uh, Type A. Um, not playing as a freshman just didn't seem right. Or, you know, not playing a full schedule. Freshmen did play, but nothing like varsity. Um, And so what happened was I got to shoot the ball more again in uh, in college because they needed scorers. They had not had a very good record um, prior to coming, prior to uh, us going there. Uh, so I, I did score more. So I ended up in double figures uh, two or three of the four years. Um, having been a point guard at Chester, I was a distributor. Uh, and we had five of us who kind of averaged between nine and 16 points at Chester. Uh, but at Wilkes, my teammate and I, a young man by the name of Reuben Daniels, uh, my roommate the first year, uh, he and I were two of the top scorers because they they definitely needed help. You you so mentioned that was nice. I got, I got to shoot more. <laughs> you mentioned you you played for the same coach in college that you did in high school. That and uh-huh. okay, so you have you, you have your dad as your formative years. Then you have this coach who coaches you for you know all these kind of growth years. What what were their what like? Let's start with your dad. What was his? How did how did he coach? What was his style going way back when? That's a good question because it, it, my answer will tell you a lot. He had he coached football, and he probably won nine out of every ten games he coached. He had three plays. His teams blocked and tackled better than everybody else for 30 years. Um, fundamentally sound as you can get for a youth football program. Um, in basketball, same thing. He kept it pretty simple, but they screened, rebounded, and took care of the ball better than anybody else. Um, so he was very successful coaching in bitty league basketball, youth football, uh, and in baseball, uh, you talk about a percentage guy. He played the percentages. That, that's where he coached Billy White Shoes Johnson. Uh, American Legion baseball. Yeah. And he, he only used Billy basically as a pinch runner in late innings. But 
he was he was as sound fundamentally as and I didn't think much of it then. I just thought that's the way everybody's supposed to coach. Totally, completely, um, yeah, yeah. It, so it, it's interesting. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, Bo, because um, I just little little snapshot. My dad obviously is uh, uh, was uh, kind of you know brought up like same way like all of our practices when I was a kid. Like you know, we'd start out with you know we didn't do ball handling as much as pa- everything was passing. You know, like monkey in the middle drill, bull in the ring drill, right, right. two men, yep. you know, two men jump stop passing all, all the way down, like all these kind of basic fundamentals and fundamentals of spacing. And I just thought that's how all practices were. Kind of interesting. Fast forward to our recently canceled uh, Bronco League. My son's just turned eleven. He's ten. Just turned eleven. Uh, baseball. Yeah, I met him. I remember. Good kid. I know. I know. He he loved it. I want to tell me tell you hi. Um, so he. He, I've been like the assistant coach because I travel around during March so much for baseball for a couple of years. So right. finally this year, it's like, you know, look, next year he's probably going to be club the whole year. I don't coach him in club. We let a professional. But in this one, I want to coach him. So I wasn't even there for the first game, but I had run practices. And all the parents like, man, you draft a really good team. Gosh, we're fielding really well for the first game. Like we made no errors. And so my wife was like, well, you'd be really proud of, of how you drafted. I said, no, I, I did think I drafted a good team, but all we did in practice was ground balls and throws the first and backing it up. Yep. And that's basically it. Just, you know, we worked out because my, the expression I use is the fundamentals are the fundamentals. Like for any sport, the basics are the basics. And until you can do the basics, you, it doesn't matter what plays you run or, you know, what creative things you can find. If in basketball, you can't, dribble pass not just shoot but also catch right like catching is underrated catching the basketball with balance yep. I, um, I did a you, little pamphlet on that uh passing yeah. and catching a lost start by yeah, the way it it, it is a, it is I a didn't lost mean to start. Anyway, you there, but. no no you're not you this is a free-flowing conversation just whatever um but but it's it's amazing that uh that as much as we like to think our sports have advanced like things that your dad taught they still work they work it in every sport at every Absolutely. level and and we we get uh, we get lost sometimes we get lost as guys who love our sport and we get way ahead of ourselves this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge is he connecting to complimentary wi-fi oh my look at that he is and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Jump stop, pump fake, you. You, I mean, you for university. That, that's what a lot of people refer to us at Wisconsin. Yeah, and, and look Coach, at what, and, Bill, and, and by the way, pump fake more than any team we've ever seen. Yeah, and, 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 and by the way, who, who plays like that in addition to Wisconsin now? Villanova, right? Like, yeah. Jay, Jay's done a lot yeah, of things, Jay. but Jay's teams are incredibly fundamentally, they jump stop in the lane and make plays and make the extra pass and pass crisply. They're the best bounce pass team I've ever seen um, because all they do in practice is throw bounce passes. Like It's really a, a beauty to watch. Okay, so then what was your, your high school coach that became your college coach? What was his name again? Ron Rainey. Okay, so what was Ron played Rainey's at, coach? Played at Penn State in the 50s. Uh, okay. Also played baseball and was the captain and uh, played in the College World Series in the late uh, 50s at Penn State. Uh, um, it, and then he took the job at Chester, and that was my sophomore year. We had four junior highs that fed into one high school. Um, so we, we all came in as sophomores, and it was Rainey's first year. And uh, after three games, our sophomore team killed people. We won like by 30 each game. And the varsity was struggling, and he figured his first year what he was going to do was may as well get the guys that I'm going to develop for down the road. So he brought three of us up from the sophomore team. And then we started every game the rest of the way. But he was, was he was fundamentally sound as a coach. Did you guys play fast? You uh, play first, slow? You play man? You play first zone? First time I went behind my back uh, and made a pass on a on – a, the fast break at the next time out, he just looked me in the eye and said, it better get there. <laughs> you can do it, but it better get there. I, yeah. I got you coach. <laughs> yeah. No, I, coach Sutton was coach Sutton was much the, the, the same way. Um, okay. So you get, you get done playing. Did you have a plan? Did you know what you wanted to do? Did you want to be like your dad? Like what was the, what was the, take me back. You graduate. From Wilkes College in 1969. Yep. 69. What was, all right. I mean, look, crazy time in society. You're getting done with college. Yep. What, what, what were you thinking? Here's what, what you I doing? did. Here's what I did. I actually um, did an interview. I looked at the FBI, um, met with in Philly uh, just to see, you know, just to get an idea if it would be something um, that I'd be interested in. 
but I had a degree in business, economics, marketing, uh, and ARCO, Atlantic Richfield, had hired me, uh, offered me a contract. Uh, so I, I signed with ARCO and was ready to start working for them and, you know, become a CEO eventually or become divisional manager or uh, whatever, you know, try to move up in the business world that way, corporate world. And uh, then I got drafted. Um, and I always kid, I got drafted by the team in green. And people go, oh, the Celtics? <laughs> no, <laughs> the Army. So, um, so I went in the Army, and, and it's amazing talking to you, Doug, because I know about your family, your dad. So I'm in the Army, and I'm not playing basketball. I'm not playing team sports for the first time in my life. But I'm on a team, the Army team, but not the basketball team. So I get stationed at Fort Gordon, Georgia, and I get in some pickup games, and a guy comes up to me and says, whoa, where did you play? uh, why, Why don't we know about you? I said, well, I'm a draftee. Well, we're going to have you on the team. Uh, you want to play. We go and play the different uh, bases, and uh, you travel. And I said, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'd love to. Well, my commanding officer, because of the MOS that I had, working with prisoners in the stockade, um, they, they said they couldn't afford to have me go TDY, temporary duty, and play basketball for the post team. So I was crushed. I, you know, I thought it'd be you know, something I'd really enjoy. And so I couldn't play. So there I am in the service. Didn't know if there, I was going to get sent to Nam, 69 to 71. That was a pretty hot spot um, in the country or in the world, as we know. So I, I didn't get sent, and I stayed at Fort Gordon for my two years. While I was in the service, Doug, the things about my dad working with kids and developing yep. uh, young people, mm-hmm. well, I decided to teach and coach. So with a business degree, I didn't have the student teaching and a few other uh, uh, courses that you needed to be certified in Pennsylvania. So I took a year, did that after getting out of the service, got my teaching certification and started coaching and teaching in junior high school. What junior high? 72. So, 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 so you show up, what, what was the, what was the name of the junior high? Brookhaven junior high, right outside of Chester. It's right next to Chester. It's uh, one side of the street is Chester. The other side of the street is Brookhaven. So, so you're Brookhaven junior high school. And then from there, didn't didn't you go didn't you go to 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 Wisconsin for a like a what was it a girls uh, job what was the what was the job that you went to next like Dominican College oh, no, in Racine? It was, an, it was an NAIA school in Racine, uh, Dominican College. And what happened was I went there with Bill Cofield. Bill Cofield had been coaching at Prairie View and had done a pretty good job at Prairie View. But he wanted to come up north. He was from Illinois. Um, so he actually interviewed 
he actually interviewed for the UWM job, and uh, he didn't get it. But when he was in the airport to fly back to Texas, he met the gentleman who was the president of Dominican College. And then the guy says, hey, we're looking for a coach. Our guy just left, so he ended up, um, he ended up taking the job. And then he had also coached at Lincoln University, which is in Lower Merriam. Uh-huh. And Lower Merriam was our one of our big rivals when I was in Chester. And so what happens is he he ends up calling a couple guys that had played for him, and <laughs> these couple guys say, "Hey, Coach Cofield, but we know you remember that guy Ryan that played blah blah blah. One thing led to another. He calls me up. I interview over the phone, take the job, uh, and." go out to Racine, Wisconsin, and coach there for one year. And then the school folded uh, financially, uh, and Cofield took the assistance job at um, Virginia. And, and Cofield was the first black assistant coach hired in the ACC for basketball. You, you know, so um, he, caught, when, he caught a good when, break. Terry, Terry Holland, uh, to this day, um, is one of the nicest gentleman i've ever met oh and he had amazing staffs when he was at virginia just really remarkable guys they went on to great things i I wanted to ask you so you get to dominican college and i think you did something that my dad told me i remember his his first college job he coached high school basketball all over uh death valley high school colorado springs um you know like all the all these towns uh dillonvale ohio which is close to where John Havlicek grew up. Uh, he was there for a year. Right. Anyway, yep. his his first college job was at Quinnipiac under a man named Burt Kahn. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so he coaches under Burt Kahn. So Burt says, listen, I need an assistant, but you got to coach soccer and you got to coach golf, <laughs> right? And my dad, though, yeah. you know, Jewish from Hewlett, New York, he was actually from the Bronx. They moved out to Hewlett when he was 13. Like, he never played golf a day in his life. He never played soccer a day in his life. <laughs> So I was like, how are you going to, he's like, not only did I have to learn how to coach, I bought books. I went to the library and I got a couple books on how to coach soccer, how to coach golf, but also how to line the fields. I had to line the fields for, for, for the games. <laughs> now I know your dad was a baseball coach. Didn't you coach baseball at Dominican yep. as well? I, I did. And I don't know if you're setting me up, but I don't want, uh, I don't want you to think I'm, patting myself on the back here, but yes, I did coach one year in college baseball and got coach of the year. Um, we actually missed by a game to go to Phoenix for the NAIA national championships. Um, but I had played baseball, uh, played shortstop, leadoff hitter. Uh, but again, all we practiced were the fundamentals. Sure. And sure, the fundamentals so we would have basketball practice. I would grab a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and then the baseball guys would come in at night, and we would go through situations, um, you know, how important the cutoff man is, how important uh, it, it is to, uh, you know, with the first and second, nobody out. Are we bunting or are we not bunting? Who's, who can bunt, who can't, who's, you know, what? All these different situations, the same thing that I did coaching basketball was at the end of every practice, do X number of possessions of up to one minute, 
down to, you know, go through the whole scenarios. Um, so we ended up having a great year, fun bunch of guys. And, uh, I was doing it while I was collecting unemployment because the school said they would not fund the coaching position or that the only people that were going to get paid were the people who were teaching classes to end the semester. Hmm. So I, I did it while collecting an unemployment check, uh, and we had fun. And okay, we, so- that, that group of young men um, paid for their own gas as we went, at, you know, from different parts of Illinois and Wisconsin and Iowa, wherever we played, uh, and ended up having the best year they ever had and really had some fun. But, yes, I did, and had to line the field. Had huh. to, <laughs> it was, it was uh, catch as catch can, so to speak. You, you know, it's, it's interesting. We're in this era now where, um, and, and we can get into it a little later if you want, or we don't have to, you know, about players and compensation and, and coaches and their level of compensation. And what I try to tell people in my profession, in the media, is I understand that people in the media, many of them are, are by their own accounts and by many people's accounts underpaid, and that there, there is a great disparity between some of these coaches. But gentlemen like yourself, that by the end of your career, you're well compensated. Like It's like people have forgotten the first 10 years of your professional life when you made no money at all and lined the field. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Like, it's, it's like a business. Like Everybody only looks at, well, this guy in the business, he's killing it. Like, yeah, okay, but what about the 10 businesses that failed in the first five years where he was mortgaging everything of this new business before it actually took off? Like They're not all – you don't just wake up become a college basketball coach and you're making a million dollars a year. Like that's not the way it works. Just like basketball players, you kind of got to earn your way up and here you are, you know, coaching junior high school basketball after being in the army for two years, getting your master's degree. And then you're coaching in a college that becomes a defunct college. You're coaching a basketball, but also coaching baseball, lining the field. And then you got to find a new job. Meanwhile, collecting unemployment. Okay. So, so you go back to, uh, what Sun Valley I High School? I consider myself lucky because it's where I yeah. met my wife. So, in 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 was, in uh, in Racine, in, in Racine, yeah, yeah. She's a Southside Chicago meet? girl, but she was graduating from uh, uh, Dominican, and uh, I was able to. We were able to meet and hit it off, and got married the next year. How did you meet her? Um, she worked in the athletic department. There was only one secretary. Uh, and I mean, it's kind of, kind of common knowledge out there. She, she was engaged and then decided that, uh, that was not, you got, you got her to flip a commitment. It was your first time ever getting somebody to flip their commitment. That's what you did. That's basically it. She was committed, but had not yeah. signed the letter of intent, right? She was, it was oral no. commitment, soft commit, and you got her to flip her commitment. That's basically the story. People have questioned, you know, until you got Decker and Kaminsky and all those guys like, ah, does Bo really recruit? Like, look, Bo got her to flip a commitment way back in the seventies. <laughs> well, that, and I beat her at free throws and she said, anybody that can beat me at free throws, then, you know, he's got to be pretty good. Excellent. Um, excellent work. So <laughs> she was a, She's a pretty good free throw shooter, but there's always somebody better, right? No question. And no, there's there, she had no chance against a coach's kid from 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 Chester, PA. No, no chance at all with your competitive gene. Um, okay, so 
you go to Sun Valley High School in Pennsylvania. You got you take a, take a high school job. D- did you yeah, at so that point? Did you the think summer I kept getting unemployment because um, the high school position didn't start paying until September one. Um, so that whole summer, what I did was I started a summer league uh, and got a lot of the local guys because it was in the same school district as Chest, you know, same uh, conference now as Chester and uh, a lot of the other schools on the south side of Philly. When I was playing at Chester, we had schools from the north side, uh, Sheltonham, Abington, Lower Marion, uh, Norristown, uh, Marple Newtown, schools like that. Um, But once I got to Sun Valley in that league was – uh, Chichester, Chester, Sun, uh, Sun Valley, um, Inner Borough. These are schools that most people out there obviously aren't familiar with. But what I did was, because I was from the area, I had some contacts that we actually put together a pretty good summer league. So that was fun. Plus, uh, it kind of gave me a, a chance to... You know, I, I, you weren't allowed to coach, but at least gave me a chance to see these kids playing. So kind of like we do when we go to Vegas or Chicago right. or Philly for the AAU stuff. Um, so, yeah, so I, I went to Sun Valley for two years. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. 
Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. So here, here's, the, here's my big question. What kind of coach were you at Sun Valley? Like now you'd experienced different levels, NAIA, junior high school, your dad playing yourself. Now you're a high school coach. What kind of coach are you? I mean, I know the fundamentals, but like... Believe this. I know yeah. you're not going to believe this, but we press 32 minutes. I believe it. You pressed when um, you were at Platteville, didn't you? We pressed at Sun Valley, at, at, uh, Sun Valley and at Platteville, yes. Sure, um, sure. And the, the pressure was an annoyance. It wasn't... It, we, we didn't have like 40 minutes of hell, like no one. Um, but we were a nuisance. I had all these guys who were all between like 5'10 and 6'1". And I could shuffle guys in and out, and people wouldn't even know there were different guys on the court. It was, but uh, finally, um, they bought in, and we played in the state tournament. It's not like back then that everybody got a chance to play. You had to, you had to either win your conference or have some kind of wild card um, selection to get in. So we ended up going to the state tournament. Uh, which was very enjoyable. Uh, and it, you know, it made believers out of a lot of people. And then that's when Cofield was offered the Wisconsin job. Right. So Bill Cofield, so for people who are following now, Bill Cofield, same guy, coach at Prairie View A&M, same guy that went to Dominican, became the first African-American assistant in the history of the ACC at Virginia. Then in uh, 1976 was offered the job at Wisconsin, yes. replacing John uh, Paulus. Um, okay, Powell, so, yep. so he, he calls you in, at a meet- American head coach in the Big Ten. Wow. So, so did, he, did you call him? Did he call you? Do you remember how you got the job? Oh, he called me. We had stayed until he said whenever he got his break, um, he felt very confident that coaching with Terry Holland, with that team of Averoni and Wally Walker and Stokes and um, – whoever else they had, that was a pretty good team. Uh, and Virginia played in the NCAA tournament. So Mike Schuler was the other assistant. Mike Schuler was offered, I believe, the Rice job. And Cofield was offered the Wisconsin job. Um, obviously, at, at, you know, then the, it, it was, the term was smaller early on. Uh, it expanded yes. kind of late, late during, you know, it didn't expand until the 80s. But Wisconsin hadn't been in the NCAA tournament since 1947. Um, yeah. It was a, a – so, and it's amazing. You tell people that now, they're like, no way. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, Stu got them there once. That was the first time. It was in 94. So 47 and 94, never been to the tournament, right? And you reached Stu the tournament every – through, yes. I mean, listen, but, you, um, but every year you were there, you went to the – it's crazy. Every year you're there. I mean, for it's a program – so what were the – what do you remember about the challenges of Wisconsin then? Why was it such a challenging job in the Big Ten to get to the tournament? Aside from the fact assistant? there were fewer teams. You're talking yes. about when I was an assistant? Yes. yes. Okay. Well, you mentioned one, the fact that there weren't very many teams that were selected. Um, the, the field was not 64. Uh, the other thing was the Big Ten was really good 
Uh, and not that the Big Ten isn't good now. Of course it is. But when you think about all the guys from the Big Ten that played between 76 and mid-80s when I was at Wisconsin as an assistant, um, there was a lot of talent. There was a lot of talent, a lot of good teams, and we just we just couldn't break through. Um, for the first time in my life uh, with basketball, uh, was part of the losing team. And I say team because, you know, you, it's not just coaching. It's not just players. It's not, it just, uh, just couldn't get it to, to mesh. Uh, and so therefore, uh, we were let go in 82. And I was asked to keep the players who were there, the Brad Sellers, Scott Roth, Corey Blackwell's of the world. Uh, we needed to keep them there for the next coach. So I, I agreed to do that. Um, and then meanwhile, Judd Heathcote had offered me a job uh, and several other coaches in the Midwest had offered assistant coaching jobs. And I just said, I'm going to stay here uh, if the new guy wants me, fine. If not, then. So what happened was Steve Yoder came in. Um, we were recruiting a young man by the name of Ricky Olson. Uh, he was from Madison. Turned out to be a pretty good Big Ten player. Yeah. Um, and we're sitting in the living room, and Coach Yoder gives his talk, and then uh, he asked Ricky if he had any questions. <laughs> and Rick... <laughs> And Coach Yoder says to Ricky, uh, oh, yeah, you got any questions? And, and Ricky goes, are you keeping Coach Ryan? <laughs> so we hadn't even talked, really. We, we hadn't done, because I had taken him right from the airport to Ricky Olson's house. Right. So Coach Yoder just said, well, of course I am. He says, then I'm coming to Wisconsin. <laughs> so anyhow, that, that's how that one worked out. And he had already okay. told Marchetti he was coming. So and, and, and for and for people who are forgetting, uh, right? This was, was right. This is a bit like Marquette. yeah, and and um, Marquette obviously in the seventies won a national championship. And you mentioned how good the Big Ten was. People forget seventy six was the great you know the great Indiana team as well. So Indiana the undefeated team, yeah. right? So I mean, like th- this is okay. Um, what, what's fascinating to me is okay. So now, Cofield, how did Cofield's teams play? Well. Um, in all fairness, he he never really had a system. He would change. Sometimes he would change in the middle of the year. Um, and one of the things that I know people say about me because they say it to my face is that your your teams never change. <laughs> you have a system. Well, you know if the system is take care of the ball, get good shots, play good defense, then you're going to win a lot of games. So if that's a system, I like that system. Uh, But, yeah, it was what I learned. He gave me the biggest break of my life. He got me into college coaching. Uh, And the one thing you take away, I took away that I knew could help me is to get a tweak, tweak what you have. Each year, you got a little different teams. You do some different things. 
but develop players by having a consistent system. Right. And people will get better. Um, and boy, when we got to Platteville and I got to be a head coach, it really worked. That's where, well, th- 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 that's that's where I got a chance to do it as a head coach, and, uh, and I, I never changed after that. Never, it's, uh, it, that, that's exactly it the, the bridge. I, I, that, that's exactly the bridge I wanted to get to. Okay, so how did the how did the Platteville job come about? Well, the gentleman that was there had had some good teams, uh, but the last six seasons they had lost twenty or more games every year. Uh, so the position opened. You know, positions open because somebody they feel is not doing the job, or it's open because somebody was doing the job and left to go somewhere else. Or somebody retires. So, um, George Christ, whose son is now the head football coach at the University of Wisconsin, Paul Christ, his dad was the one that recruited me down to Platteville. Um, I had spent two years with Coach Yoder and felt I needed to, I needed to use the paintbrushes. I didn't need to carry the paint cans anymore. Uh, gotcha. Just that itch that, okay, I, I got to sink my teeth into something here. Um, and went in there with a, a lot of freshmen. There really weren't a whole lot of returning players that were going to help us. Uh, but went in there and started doing some things, conditioning, running hills, uh, the, the weight training, the, you know, having been in Division One. That's when weight training in the 70s was starting to be big. Because if you remember Roby and Phillips down at Kentucky, and then at Purdue you had a couple guys, and I'm drawing a blank on their names now, but you remember those guys from Purdue? They sure. got in the weight room a little bit? Yep. In the 70s? Mm-hmm. Well, so we, you know, we got the lifting weights a little more, uh, and I put a system in. And that was... A lot of Jack Ramsey stuff because he had coached in the in the Chester area uh, at a Catholic school, and then was at St. Joe's, and then coached in the NBA, and then Jack McKinney. I lived across the street from him for a couple years when I was like six, seven, eight years old. Uh, so pressure, pressure defense. So I got a chance to put that in early, and then. Again, it was more a nuisance, but what happened was, in 1991, uh, we went, I mean, we were non-scholarship at Platteville the whole time, but we were paying dues to the NAIA and NCAA Division III. So, Coach Chris, George Chris, the football coach in the AD, came to me and said, uh, do you mind if we only go Division Three from here on out because NAIA doubled or tripled their dues? And I said, sure. Basically, I don't coach for the trophy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm coaching to develop these guys and, the, you know, skill-wise and, and things to get ready for later in life. And, you know, that doesn't matter to me what division we're in. Um, so that first year that we went solely Division Three, 
we won the national championship by pressure. We averaged 90 some points a game. Uh, Robbie Jeter was the captain of that team. I just got another um, job. Yep. A guy, a skinny guy, about weighed about 150 pounds, I think, when he came to Wisconsin to, to Platteville. Um, but that that group uh, ended up winning our first national championship, and it was with pressure. And our was last there, two I, national championship teams was were done with <laughs> not very much pressure. <laughs> and then the one in between in '95, when we were 31 and 0 and beat Steve Alford's team for the championship, um, that was a combination. We, we pressured some, but we called it basically show and go, yeah. like show pressure. But once the first pass gets in, get back. Right. Uh, because believe it or not, sometimes guys when they take the ball out of bounds, they get lazy, they jump out, they think they got boom. They're used to throwing it in right away. Sure. And then you get a steal, you get an easy basket, and a lot of good things happen. Um, but that's that's how we uh, that's how it went at Platteville. But George Chris was the guy who uh, <laughs> talked me into taking a ten thousand dollar pay cut to be a head coach. What were you making? Wisconsin? What were you making in Wisconsin? What did you make at Platteville? Uh, I was making like thirty-five thousand at uh, Wisconsin, and uh, took the job for twenty-five thousand at Platteville. Wow. And wow. Kelly and I, we uh, after our first few years, we realized uh, eventually when we got to our five to having five children, we were one thousand dollars short on our income tax filing. Uh, to receive free lunches for our kids at school. And I think she had tears in her eyes. Like, not because we didn't get it, but we didn't realize the the cutoff line that we were living on with five kids. But who cared? We were okay. Um, um, the, the, the swing, how did you develop the offense? Well, when I was an assistant, I got a chance. We could, we could live scout in the 70s. Uh, of course, that stopped. And once everybody got film on everybody else, and you know, games are on TV, and you, and you exchange film. And so you could live scout. So I can remember seeing uh, Judd Heathcote, Bobby Knight, uh, Johnny Orr, Lou, Lou Henson, uh, Trying to think, Lute Olson was at Iowa. Yeah, Lute Olson. But anyhow, I could see these teams, and I'm looking at the offenses, looking at defenses, writing the scouting report up, boom, boom, boom. Um, developed a sheet uh, that I ended up when I was running basketball camps and uh, for the coaches in Wisconsin and all that, trying to, hey, if you're going to do a scouting report, first thing, how far are the walls from the end line? How much room do you have on the sideline? Where is the scoreboard? Can you make a full court pass with two seconds to go? Uh, are there obstructions? Are there banners hanging down? Uh, and what kind of basketball are they using? <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that was 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Um, 
because I'd always try to make sure I had at least one basketball of every kind of ball that the teams in the league were using. And people thought I was crazy. Um, There was a little method to the madness. So anyhow, that was, uh, that was kind of the beginning of the idea of the pressure. And there are times, Doug, that we used pressure uh, in, from 2002 to 2015 where we used pressure towards the end of the game or whatever. We just didn't have – I never felt we had the type of team that we could pressure for 40 minutes. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Uh, but but again, but so the swing has some flex properties to it, right? But it's it's oh it, okay, yeah. Well, the thing about the scouting, that's where I saw all these different actions. Okay. So what I did when we got the plat bill, I started putting the actions together. Upscreen, the, the UCLA cut. Uh, Michigan used it a little bit too. Johnny Orr did. Back screens, you know, the Tom Davis teams with the back screens, uh, flex cuts, as it was called then. Flex cuts to to a Coach Davis was more to the baseline. Right. Our back screens, our flex cut was more off of the free throw line extended. So we had up screens, we had back screens, 
and we always had pressure releases because my sure. theory on offense is there's one ball, there's four guys away from the ball, so those four guys are two tandems of two. Well, that's what a tandem is. But anyhow, mm-hmm. you, got, you got a teammate who you can play off of, and just like the old guys at the YMCA that would beat us because they knew how to cut and read, <laughs> pick and roll, pick and pop, and then the old guys would run the court at the Y, and we'd say, how the heck did those guys beat us? Sure. Well, what they did was they were willing to work with a teammate and get them open. It wasn't all one-on-one stuff, um, you know, to prove who's, who's the biggest and baddest. Uh, so I called them actions. So we also had fade screens. Fade screens were starting to be something that people were using. Well, we had them right in the swing. And then finally, the last screen is a ball screen. Because obviously in college, you got shot clock, and you need to make a play off of um, pick and pop or pick and roll action. So with those actions in mind, like my dad's football teams, run these three plays better, block better, read better, and in basketball, same thing, screen better. Don't set illegal screens. And you can get people open. So that's what the swing was. And then I gave it the name because I got up into a, the second floor where there was a window that looked down in the gym. And I had our guys, I had uh, one of my assistants, have them run through the offense, dummy run, Mm-hmm. without any defense. And as I watched it, I said, God, this looks like a swing going back and forth. So that's why I call it the swing. Awesome. I, I didn't awesome. have the swing in my mind until I saw these guys running from up above. And then did and you immediately start? You, you mentioned about having a, having a system, and then you know one of the things that, again, I think gets lost on your success is not only did you guys develop people within the system, right? Like, look, you know what it's going to take to play. You're going to have to do these things. This is how we play. But also, you recruited to, to the system. Was that, are you able to do that at a Platteville where you don't offer scholarships? Or do you just you try and go out and get the best kids in Wisconsin that people missed on or whatever? And get like, how do you, when well, did you start maybe yeah. recruiting to the system? Well, that's a great question. But it's really easily answered at Platteville because most of them were engineers. It was an engineering school. So I'm not saying all of them were, obviously, but um, it, it was it was guys who, when it came to recruiting, any kid that was a good basketball player who wanted to be an engineer, we always got them. Um, once we started, you know, once we kicked into gear. Uh, but we're in the southwest corner of Wisconsin. Everybody told me I was crazy taking the job there. Um, that, you know, Eau Claire has this, uh, Stevens Point has this, uh, Whitewater has this, and, and people gave me all these reasons not to take the job, and the more they gave me reasons, the more I wanted to take the job. Right. Um, and I'm glad I did. And it was, with, with the swing, it's an equal opportunity offense, yet the better players are going to get the shots. <laughs> I mean, you know, you prove you can score, you prove you can play, um, you know, we'll, we'll get you looks. 
So it, it became, you know, it eliminates clicks. It eliminates, you know, you just, a comment that was made by another coach after I had left Platteville was, Coach, you would, you would sub. And it never seemed like the guys changed. And then the next year, you would lose four, five, six seniors, and your team looked exactly the same. <laughs> it was like they accused me of having clones. Yes. Um, but it was just because it was the way we played. Sure. Sure. And, and, and you, I, can make yeah. the same, you can make the same accusation. Obviously, there were some groups that were different in Wisconsin, but you can make the same accusa- accusation in Wisconsin. It was like, well, you bring, in, you bring in another tall dude that can step out and shoot. You're like, wait, what? Where do they, where do they all... Where do they all? They all have a, a you know clean cut haircut, and they all look you know like Jimmy Chitwood, and they can all shoot like Jimmy Chitwood, and then they beat the crap out of you on the defensive end, um, and do so with their bodies, not with their hands. Okay, so uh, did you? Was there any point where you thought, you know what? I just, I mean, like, look, you had a couple undefeated teams, you won all these national championships, you're you're dominating, you have become synonymous with Division three basketball. You are the guy. Was there ever thought of I'll just stay here and be the king of Division Three basketball, um, and and not go back to Division One? Uh, not really. I'll tell you what happened with UWM because well, Drake had talked to me, Northern Iowa, some other teams, and matter of fact, there were some schools that talked to me that later on when they saw me at a Final Four or something, the AD, they said, eh, "Bo, we're sorry." We, we, we missed. We, we missed not offering you. I said, hey, it's, you know, you, took, you got the guy that you wanted. That's what you got to do. And what UWM made a decision is that they, they wanted me, and it's nice to be wanted. Um, so the chancellor and the AD, and the chancellor really, it was Nancy Zimfer who ended up being uh, the president at uh, Cincinnati, uh, when Huggy was there, mm-hmm. but anyhow, she she kind of made it like we we need something here in Milwaukee. We and I looked at the city and I'm thinking, I've been in the state of Wisconsin. I got twenty oh, twenty some years in, twenty three, twenty four years in. Why leave the state? State has one of the best pension systems in the world in the country. Um. So let me give UWM a try. Let me let me give Division One. And I I used to joke it we won in double overtime in '99, our last national championship team, my last year. And I said I, I needed to go Division One because in Division Three they were catching up on us. Sure. Um, <laughs> you you built a monster. Now everybody that, was coming. Having I don't you mean were, that I know you be were, a wise guy. I'm just, I know we were joking about it one time, and sure. so yeah, so. Uh, and UWM was a project. They ooh, needed some work. Um, so anyhow, but we had the same situation when we went to Platteville. And when I went to Sun Valley High School, Brookhaven, uh, at, at Wisconsin, we go, went into a situation where it wasn't anywhere near like the other ones sure. uh, as far as where they were. Um so what happens is uh, I, I wanted to take the challenge. 
it was just just seemed like the right time, and I was still in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, and so we, uh, plus I like the couch that your dad left there. He had this big orange couch when he coached at UWM and it was still there. I, I have no doubt that it was still there. His, his thing was they were division <laughs> one, they were division one and he started this Panther backer program. And again, this is all, yep. you know, second, third hand information from my dad or my memory or other people that told me. And they started a really good booster program. They had, you know, the on-campus arena, which they, the Kalachi Center, which had just opened. Um, yep. And remember, this is coinciding with Marquette winning a national championship, right? So in addition yep. to being kind of a startup Division One, you're in the shadow of Al McGuire winning a national championship. Nonetheless, um, you know, when Title IX was passed, you know, all of a sudden, every penny he raised was going to go to the women's side. He was going to have to take a pay cut. To go and then go Division Three, and you know, like they were, you know, independent trying to find games. Like there was a, a lot to it. Obviously, it was a tough, tough job, and I have no doubt that the couch was. I wish he would have left some of his sports coats behind as well. He he chose he chose not to. Um, okay, so yeah. so you're there. You're there two years. You start well dressed man. Well dressed huh? man. Yeah, yeah um, in that era, yes. Um, uh, you, you're there two years now. I was told. Northwestern offered you the job at the same time Wisconsin offered you the job. Can you confirm or deny? No, I'll be real. Too- no, I, I'll give you the real uh, lowdown on that. I, that's not how it happened. Um, the AD there at the time was a good, a good man. Uh, he, a couple players from Northwestern had gone to him and said, Hey, did you ever look at this guy that's at Platteville? Uh, or, and at, or at UWM now, but you know what he did at Platteville. But well, there were a couple guys from the state of Wisconsin, and so the AD did some checking. And I'm playing golf uh, in the Milwaukee area, and a guy comes out in the cart, and he says, um, "I just wanted to tell you, there's." I didn't know if he wanted to make the call right away, or but the the AD from Northwestern had called and left his name and number. Uh, and I said, "Oh, okay. When I'm done playing, I'll give him a call." So here here's what happened. He was going to bring me in with the idea that it seemed the way he was talking that I would have been offered the job, but he said he had a big time coach coming in, yep. and that if he didn't take the job that he was going to bring me in and sit down and we'll have a talk. I said, fine, great, thank you for being honest with me. So Bill Carmody flew in. Bill Carmody took the job. Okay. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. How no long problem. after that did you get the uh, How long after that did you get the Wisconsin job? Uh, one more year. I think he was there. Um, yeah, he was. He was there in two thousand two thousand one. Yeah, so, yeah, it yeah. was. It was one more year. Yeah, he had already coached a year. Uh, because then I got to be the lowest paid head coach in the Big Ten. My first year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so Bill Bill Carmody Bill Carmody was making more than me. So. So and that that doesn't ir- still irritate you at Princeton, all. He, I mean, Bill's a great guy, and a great coach. I I really, really loved his offensive schemes, the Princeton stuff. Um. Okay. So, what what was it like to get the Wisconsin job? Like, this is, you know, obviously you're a Chester guy, but as you said, like most of your professional life, you know, you met your wife in Wisconsin. Um, you, you've won national championships at Platteville. Everyone in the state knows you, knows your family. Your family's coaching in the state as well. Um, and you had been at Wisconsin before when when Brad isn't retained. Brad Soderberg isn't retained. He's a longtime Dick Bennett assistant. And Dick had retired. Right. Um, what was, like, during, during the season, did you know you were going to get? Like, what, I, I don't, I had just got finished playing and I was going, I was overseas. So I don't remember how you got, how did it come about that you got the job? Well, we had almost beaten Wisconsin at Wisconsin uh, my second year. Uh, we, we had them down at halftime at our place my first year. And then I don't know what Dick did in the locker room with those guys, but, man, he must have he, he gotten into them pretty good because they came out in the second half and just put it to us. And then the next year we had to go to Wisconsin and uh, – we had a chance with like 30 seconds to go for a, a guy missed a tip in so we don't tie the game. Then we have to foul them. So it was a close game. But Pat Richter, 
is a guy who's very familiar with um, my background and because he had talked to me before about the Wisconsin job when they hired Stu Jackson. I had, I had interviewed, we had met at a place, uh, and so Stu was hired. Great. You know, that's, uh, and I continued to coach at Platteville. And then, uh, of course, Dick uh, took the job. And, you know, I never, I never worried about where I wasn't. I always concerned myself with taking care of now. Um, so it, 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 people say, oh, Bo, this must have been your dream job. I said, well, yeah, you know, who wouldn't want to be a head coach in the Big Ten? Uh, and, of course, it, it's a job that I would want if it was ever offered. Uh, so when Pat Richter called and we met, and it was done very, fairly quickly. Um, so And they had lost uh, all the guys from the year before uh, that had one more year with Kelly and Bershaw and uh, Kowski, Boone. Uh, that whole team um, was back, and they lost in the first round, and Pat Richter decided he was going to make a change. Uh, so was I excited? Yes. I was, uh, the tough part was telling the Milwaukee guys who you could see we were turning the corner. We were guys were developing nicely and they ended up being pretty doggone good, uh, for Bruce and, uh, Bruce Pearl. Yep. So, you know, and, after and, everything and, works and, out. What, the, what's interesting know, about for the best and that's, so that's uh, we had. I mean, from the year before, there was Kirk Penny back sure. who had played yeah. Charlie uh, Charlie Wills. Um, not very many other. Uh, Mike no, yeah, De- Devin, Har- Devin Harris was the first. De- De- now, did you uh, sign Devin De- Harris? Devin Harris. Yeah. De- huh? You signed Devin Harris, correct? Yes, and Devin wasn't sure. Um, when the coaching change was made, you know, he didn't know me, uh, even though I was coaching the UWM, he knew about me and I knew his coach and, you know, knew people around him. And so we sat in our office, him and his folks, uh, for quite a while. And, uh, he decided he's going to stay with his commitment to Wisconsin. So it was like a re-recruiting process. You know what's what's fascinating about about that musical chairs game, right? Is you have like you hand off to Bruce. Now look, Bruce's style is different than yours. It's more frenetic, but they would do the show and go press, right? Which is Dr. Tom Davis, a little bit like some of the stuff that you had done. The the Tom Davis graduated from Platteville. Go ahead. Sure. So so they had they also you know they ran they call it cutters which is that Dr. Tom Davis kind of version cutters, of yep, the, yep, with, with the flex yep. right so there's some there's there's yep. it, it's not the same but there is some sort of now you go take Wisconsin and granted they did block remover which again is a different mm-hmm. offense on the other hand as you talked about it's still two guys on a side running actions with each other so the evolution yeah. and they taught guys how to play basketball within 
their their structure, and that's kind of what you've always done, which is like, look, we give you structure, but then you play basketball. You know how to play basketball within the structure, and it gives you in what people would think is not a lot of freedom. It actually gives you a ton of freedom if you know what you're doing yeah. and where you're supposed yeah. to be, right? So there, it wasn't it wasn't like you're going from from Nolan Richardson to to, to Dick Bennett, right? Which is complete opposite sides right. of the spectrum. You're going from Dick Bennett, who had turned the corner, been to a Final Four, been successful, and and now you kind of give him a, how, I guess the question becomes, and you mentioned, there's not a ton of carryover. Kirk Penny was really the only one. How hard was it to get people that you didn't recruit, though they knew you and respected you, how hard was it to get a guys to buy in? Well, I'll tell you, our practices were down to the, down to the minute on Okay, um, uh, double staggered screens today on defense. This is what we're going to do. Here's the drill. Uh, dribble penetration uh, on offense, post moves. I always use the, the Sigma, the Kevin sure. McHale, the Moses Reverse Malone, pivot. the Bernard yep. King, and the Kevin McHale, I guess. I don't know if I missed anybody in there. But anyhow, that reverse pivot. And that, so every yep. guard because I would post up guards, because I didn't think guards played very good defense in You're the right. post because they weren't right. used to it. Correct. Um, so I just stuck with the basics, and we started out like, what, one and five? And, of course, everybody's going. All I remember is telling Kelly one day when I came home from a practice back my first year. And Temple had just beaten us in overtime because Greer – from 30 hit shots, uh, it, it was ridiculous. But they, so they beat us, and, it, and I said, Kel, look, you got to understand, we got it made. I signed a five-year contract, $300,000 a year. That's $1.5 million. We're okay. <laughs> that's, that's what I, I said. Hey, if, if they want to get rid of me, that first year, that, that first month. And then we started turning the corner. Um, and we end up tied for the Big Ten Championship. It was kind of like the team this year. Yeah, you were, you were, you were two and did, for, for, for people who don't, people don't remember. the job that the players do. Right. For, for people who don't remember. together. You, yeah, you started your, your, your coaching career at Wisconsin, started off two and five, right? You go... Uh, you went out to Hawaii, like it, yeah. right? You beat Hilo, and then you lose to Weber. You lose to UA. You lose to Hawaii. You come back. You play Georgia Tech. Terrible scheduling, by the way. Playing Georgia Tech like three days later <laughs> off, off the off the plane. Um, you beat Green Bay. You lose in double overtime to Temple, and it's what is this guy doing? He took over Wisconsin, and now all of a sudden they can't. They're they're scoring in the seventies, and 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 then you you lost to Xavier too. I think you you know after you won a game and you scored forty eight against Xavier. But then, then you guys turned a corner, right? You beat Marquette. Uh, you had to go yep. beat Milwaukee. What, what's that like, by the way, to coach against Milwaukee your first year? All those guys you had recruited. Hard. That was the hardest game that I can remember. Because um, a lot of those guys tried to meet with me when I was leaving, saying, Coach, take us with you. <laughs> take me with you. Take me with you. Uh, and I did not take one player. Uh, the only guy that came with me was an incoming freshman who got a release from Bruce because he was a slow guard but could score, Clayton Hanson. 
So fast forward to 2005, I'll bet nobody but 50 people could name the starting guards for our Elite Eight team in 2005 that got beat by Carolina by five or six. It was Clayton Hansen and Sharif Shambles. And so Clayton is the only guy that came from Milwaukee with me. Uh, so trying to trying to get those guys uh, ready for a game against a school where you just coached. Yeah. And as my old coach would say, we crushed them. <laughs> we, we won by two. Two, yeah. yeah. And, um, and any time it was a close game, Coach Rainey would always say, all right, we crushed them. Yeah. Um, and I'd scratch my head and go, I don't think we did. But anyhow, that's what happened. We got a steal. Devin got a steal at the end of the game. For a layup, they had the last shot, missed. Uh, and I was never happier for a game to be over than that one. <laughs> um, I feel that like I feel like Alondo Tucker is the first guy at Wisconsin that you recruited that perfectly fit how you wanted a guard to play, and he grew within the system, and it the He's system helped me. Oh, Doug, right? that's like, a great observation because I've said it, um, you know, from a personal standpoint, in the swing, he can slash. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a great three-point shooter, but he didn't have to be. He was a right. good three-point shooter. But he could take you off the bounce and inside in the post for as wiry as, you know, he wasn't a big muscle-bound guy, but he was really strong for his weight. Um so him coming off of some of those back screens and up screens, he he was one of the best swing players I've ever coached, if not the best, because of all the things that he could do. But that's a that's a good observation on your part from the standpoint of versatility is a pretty good thing. I know, and, 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 and you're right. You're, you're totally right. As for like, look, I I never played post defense, hated it, didn't like it in practice. And then when you get to professional basketball, they're like, if you get posted up, just foul. You get six, just foul. You know, and they'll they'll stop. And he was a guy who, if you put a guard on him, he post him up. If you put a, a big on him, he take him outside. And if you play off him, he make a shot. Big plays up on him, he go by him. And within your offense, he becomes impossible to guard. Right. So you pay so much attention to him in the post especially to help and now you got your big guys out there making, you know, knocking down jump shots and you throw your hands up. But you don't you don't know how to how to how to guard and you they can't turn you over. They can't speed you up. Um and it 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 feels kind of like an avalanche. And then how did you get your teams to not foul? What is the what is the secret to playing? It's one thing to not foul, it's another thing to play good defense. Your teams did both. How? Doug, first of all, how many fouls are committed with hands? Too many. Right. All right. So we're not going to foul with our hands. We're, we're going to have our hands out. Uh, every once in a while, I did the thing with tennis balls in the hand uh, with the idea that it's with the feet yep. first because the feet have to get there in order for the body to be a wall. And we'd always talk about walling up. And, but, but you have to get there first with your feet. So our conditioning um, was extremely important. 
uh, Scott Hettenbach, and then Eric Helen, who we had uh, the last five years. And so conditioning with trying to get guys a little quicker laterally. And so a lot of the drills that we did, especially in the preseason, uh, it involved getting better laterally. Get there with your feet, get your arms out and make yourself big, and your chest is there. But, you know, people say, oh, yeah, Wisconsin, watch them. They always put their chests on you. And it, Well, if, if my chest is there and you come into my chest, I didn't put my chest on you. But the idea was to try to make no easy three, no threes, run people off the line. And, of course, everybody talks about it now, but it, it, I was talking about it 40 years ago in junior high. They didn't have a three-point line, but no, no easy outside shots, tough twos. Still, hey, tough twos. And don't put them to the line. Uh, you know, I mean, you're going to foul at times. I mean, you can't give up. It's not like we say, oh, we're a soft team. We're not going to foul you. But the key, Doug, I've always felt is feet first, the body comes, and then maybe the hands on the extension, but show the palms, fingers out. Uh, don't give like the officials that. a reason yeah. to make a call. The other thing is try to find out, now that you're probably banished to home for a while, Yeah, get some tapes and try to find out how many fouls we ever committed reaching down. Don't reach down. Reach up. Uh- your your first great team at Wisconsin, great team, was the uh, 08 team, 07, 08. Uh, and great in terms of won the Big Ten. Uh, you get one on some run where you won like 12 games in a row. You won 30, 31 games. In the, I think, Sweet 16, you run into Davison and Steph Curry. Steph hits you for oh, six man. threes, thir- thir- 33 points, right? Like, everybody remembers Kansas, but people forget, like, you were on a collision course with Kansas. They were the best team in the Big 12. You're the best team in the Big 10. Yep. You're getting ready to play Kansas, and then all of a sudden you see, you see Davidson. What do you remember about uh, the, the, the Steph Curry tornado that, that tore India? Well, first, I want to respond to the 05 season when we're in Oklahoma City, and I think it was 05, Kansas, and we were on the same path. Right. You know, we, we played Northern Iowa. They played Bucknell. And Kansas and Wisconsin is going to be in the next game. Sure. Supposedly. Yeah. You remember that? And, yeah, and and they lost, they lost to Bucknell. Sure. So yeah. then here, here we are in 08, same thing. But he had just, he, Davidson, Coach McKillop did an unbelievable job with that team. And Gonzaga and Georgetown before they faced us. I yes. mean, if people think. What was Wisconsin doing? Didn't they, did they underestimate Davidson? No, no. I can remember looking at film, putting together the scouting report for Davidson and going, wow. And then, and people, excuses are for, you know, the week. But we lost Trevon Hughes for the second half, and it was a one-point game at halftime. And Trevon Hughes is our quickest guard. Um, 
I thought that hurt us. And then the year before, we're on a collision course with Ohio State for the Big Ten Championship. They go on to play for the national championship in the finals, and we lose Brian Butch um, towards the end of the regular season. So I, I thought 07 might have been a little bit better than the 018 if uh, Brian would have stayed healthy, if he didn't dislocate his elbow. But, yes, what did Seth Curry do? Knock down big shots, but his teammates hit some shots, too. They, they were a well-rounded team. That was a good squad. Um, when, you, you, what, what, when you finally got to a Final Four, what is that feeling like for a guy who's won national championships? You know, like, look, you've won turnaround programs, whatever. But to get Wisconsin, who had been there, obviously, 2000, my senior year, I remember, but to get for your system to do it your way with your guys to get there, what'd that mean? Well, what it meant was I know there was going to be an awful lot of happy students uh, on campus and alumni and, you know, for these players, their parents, their family, their loved ones, um, their hometowns, they get to represent a, a school like Wisconsin in the Final Four. It's, you know, one of the biggest sports spectacles ever. Um, so for me, when, when you say what it, what it meant was we had a chance to carry our brand for another 40 minutes. Hey, we get another game. Uh, and uh, we get to represent the school, and so, and all the things that come with it. And as you know, Doug, being in the media, the interviews, the meetings, the that experience at the Final Four, when I talked to coaches that had been the coach in Final Fours 20, 30 years before, and I tell them about all the different interviews and different meetings and different functions and different, wow. They said, we didn't have one-tenth of that okay. in 1980-something at a Final Four. So, But knowing, um, you asked, what did that mean? What it meant was that Wisconsin gets a chance to be out there in the forefront for another another 40 minutes on the court, and we get to play another game for everybody involved. And I was just happy for all the people who were believers. If, people if that you supported could, us. All right, the, the first the Kentucky game the first year. It's a you know it's a one point loss. Is there is there if you could pinpoint one thing you personally would do differently? I, you can't make them make shots, right? Like you just can't. But was there, is there one thing you would do differently? No, because and the reason I'm saying no is because you look at film. Um, and going into the next year, what we brought back was experience. Um, you know, Frank didn't go pro, and Frank would have been drafted in the first round in 2014, but not where he ended up being drafted in 2015. Uh, and Josh Gosser had redshirted a year because he tore his ACL, and I had watched him go through excruciating rehab. So you got those two guys an extra year. Um, and I just felt with, with their experience and Trey Jackson's and 
uh, Nigel getting a, another year under his belt, and, and Bronson Koenig and Duye, and you know, I I didn't like look at that loss and say, well, should I play this guy more, that guy more? No, no. People people were in position to make that a W. That shot that Trayvon Jackson took mm-hmm. at the end, he hit three times in the past two years as game winners. Down the left-hand side, Penn State, Michigan State, and somebody else. So, no, I, I, and plus, I don't like to, to look at something and say there's only one reason. Sure. So let's just look at it collectively. Everybody just needs to play a little better. Well, okay. And hopefully so, so we get in that position again. Which, which you did. And, and the next year, you win Atlantis. You win the Big Ten, and for people who forgot, like, you know, you won seven in a row that year, then eight in a row, then 10 in a row, then 11 in a row. You won the Big Ten, you win the Big Ten tournament, you win Atlantis. Like, essentially, everything that you guys could win, you won, which not only embodies your personal competitiveness, but the competitiveness of a team, right? This, that, that was a special, special group. You, you beat Kentucky's ass. Yes. Now, you got, now, now you got Duke, okay? And the... The, the famous part about Duke was the Krzyzewski interview at halftime, right? Because Coach K <laughs> thought he was getting a bad end of the whistle, which is kind of classic because that's what people would always think that you get the great end of the whistle. You had your own basketball. You used the Sterling ball at, at the Kohl Center, right? And guys complain about that. And your teams are physical, but they don't use their hands. So you're going to get called. Everybody complains about the way you guys play defense. Did you know at halftime about Coach K complaining about the officials? No. No, I did not. But let me go back to the let me go back to the ball there for a second. Okay. What team what team had the only winning record on the road in the Big Ten during the years I was at Wisconsin? I'm guessing it's you. <laughs> I'm only saying that is that we had to use the other guy's basketball. It wasn't the basketball. The Big Ten tournaments. Uh, Izzo made a comment about the basketball being a rock and all that. In the Big Ten tournament, we played six times. That's a that's another ball. That's a neutral ball. We were four and two in the Big Ten tournament. And and Tom's a great guy. I'm just saying. He, I think it was more like. But there was a school that did have the rock. And it was a rock. Yes, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyhow, <laughs> we, um, you know, I had no idea what was going on at halftime, but uh, we just we just needed to hit some shots in the second half, and we needed to, you know, try to get a couple couple charges on what we thought we had position on, and their fifty fifty calls, and just a couple of them didn't go our way. Um, if, if, if you could do it again, would you change your ball screen coverage? That was the only thing that I know you just need to make some shots, but it felt like the way to beat you guys was you were like flat hedging kind of, uh, um, I don't, I don't know what you call it or like sinking on ball screens. That's how you play ball screens the whole year, you know, with, with, with Frank yeah. and, and, and Tyus Jones, you know, hit a bunch of shots. If you could do it again, would you change? Well, 
you have to take a look at the shots that he hit. First of all, we're trying to run him off the three-point line. Sure. And so what we do is we try to get a guy who wants to rim hunt and maybe get one or two on him, charges, and then a guy's not coming as hard like we did to Trey Burke. Um, and, you know, Trey was as good off that high ball screen as anybody. Sure. And we faced some teams that really had good high ball screen action. So what we did was we, we called it being a fly trap. Uh, we try to sucker a guy in for a pull-up two-pointer. And, you know, making a tough two-pointer, we we got somebody there. We're chasing the guy over the top of the screen. Sure. Um, Usually, you know, when you're doing basketball camps back in the day, you're teaching getting skinny and get over the screen. Well, the way people were setting screens and the way officials were calling the contact, we just got what was called chase mode. So we're going to chase you over the top. If right. you want to go to the rim, we got backside help coming over on the big if he's running to the rim. And we're also ready for the big who pops. Because then we simply would end up with a, with a switch. And so we got the big who took on the, the, the guy coming with the ball off the screen. Right. And then our small ends up with the big. So now think about this, Doug. Where are we in the shot clock? Are they then going to run an action where they're going to get the big down into the post and try to take advantage of a mismatch? There, no, that's where, that's, where that, 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 right, that's where they, they played the numbers. All right, last thing, last thing is this. You're a Hall of Famer, and I could run through the list of all the Hall of Famers you're in. And your wide respect is one of the great coaches in the history of college basketball. Does it, though, I mean, you were so close twice and, uh, and close with another Elite Eight team and, you know, the Sweet 16 team that lost to Davidson, you know, the team the year before that. Like, any of these teams could very well have won a national championship. Um, now, a couple years removed from retiring, you're watching Greg Gard. Do, do you feel like because you didn't win a national championship that there is something missed in your career? No, Doug, I can honestly say that is not the case. Um, because if you get one, why not two? Right, right, right. That's a great one. I mean, who's, That's a good ever, one. who's ever really satisfied when, when you've coached for 40-some years? It isn't our satisfaction can't come from only winning a national championship. Right. I mean, what kind of a shallow life would a person be living if, if that is the only thing that bothers them or, you know, that you are remiss about or uh, have a hard time dealing with. No, no, there's just, it's too much fun when I hear from some of the former players that I've coached or find out about the job they've taken or find out about how many kids they have now. Um, You know, Doug, in coaching, there's just so much more that comes out of it other than, how many banners were hung up? Okay, you know so I mean? let, let, okay, so let me ask you this: Give me one guy, one guy who you take the most pride in his life changing that you were a part of at Wisconsin. Well, how can you have a guy come in and for two years average about two points a game 
and turn into the National Player of the Year. Um, from the standpoint of the development of an individual, nobody comes close to Frank Kaminsky. Right. Uh, I, he just, what he ended up doing and what he ended up meaning to the university is a story in itself. Uh, but there's some other guys. I mean, we, Josh Gosser, Michael Flowers, you know, two guys from the state of Wisconsin who really weren't recruited by a lot of other people, period. Mm-hmm. Um, like we were by far the best offer. Uh, and, and how the two of them turned out. Um, the development of Orlando, how he was, his eyes, ears, and mind were always open with Tucker. Um, and of course, Devin Harris, he, I'll never forget after the first day of practice, Devin says, coach, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He says, so in all these drills and everything, you expect us to go a hundred percent all the time. Like, like, full bore. I looked at Devin and I said, yes, of course. From that day on, every day in practice, every drill, every, I mean, he had some talent, but he developed that talent because of his work ethic. Um, so I know you asked for one name. <laughs> if you, if you keep me on here, I might give you another 50, but, uh, you know, there, there are some great stories there. There really are that I'm, you know, as I'm getting older and get a chance to reflect upon um, that make you feel really warm inside. Bo, thanks so much for joining us. Okay, thanks, Doug. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Pretty cool stuff, right? Yeah, he he obviously did not like people questioning the Sterling basketball because he's like, look how many games we went on the road. Still, the Sterling basketball was a hard ball to adjust to. Nonetheless, his style worked, continues to work for Wisconsin today, and uh, it is unique as is as is Bo. Bo Ryan. Hope you enjoyed that. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to listen to the Doug Gottlieb Show, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 3 Pacific. You can download that podcast wherever you download podcasts. You can stream us at foxsportsradio.com. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and this is All Ball. Three six five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field, whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet Three Six Five. Twenty-one plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.